0: Welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Justin Taylor. Hi friends. I'm Justin Taylor. Justin Taylor is the owner of (laughs) Firestorm Freerunning and Acrobatics, as well as the creator of the West Coast Parkour Championships. He has a wide range of movement experience, including gymnastics, diving, street skating, and circus, and has been coaching for over 20 years. Justin recently started Parkour Professor, a consulting and mentoring program for gym owners to help share his knowledge. Welcome, Justin. Howdy, sir. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Justin, your talk was titled, How to Find, Hire, Train, Retain, and Fire Coaches and Staff. Um, this is like really fertile ground for a million things to discuss, so I don't know if you can give me a summary of what you covered.
1: Yeah, no, that uh, it, it is definitely a mouthful, and I've picked five different areas of focus, kind of uh, what I see the life cycle of a coach being. Um, So the short introduction to that is um, I currently have two gyms. Um, One just opened last week, brand new gym. Congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. I got another one opening in six weeks. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Um, I'd say congratulations that sounds suicidal, uh, yeah, 2019 is the, uh, my wife and I have been referring to it as the year of sacrifice. We, this is our first vacation. <laughs> I,
0: I like, wait, this is a vacation. Th- this is our vacation. Th- Th- oh yeah. This 100%. Sex is where you're teaching and running around and that's putting... why I'm hitting people with foam swords all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think you have a different definition of vacation than I do, but okay. that's the best vacation ever. Uh, so 2019 year yeah. of sacrifice.
1: Yeah. Sacrifice. So, um, I started, I started my gym six years ago. I, I've been coaching since I was 13. It was the first job I ever got. Uh, Did it full time. Did it through college. It's how I paid for my engineering degree. Mm. Um, Got out of school, realized, did not want to be an engineer. Oh my Mm. God, sitting in a cubicle. And so got into coaching. When I started my gym, which took a few years to get off the ground, it was myself as the only coach. I had three volunteer coaches who showed up whenever they wanted to help. Mm. Uh, And one person who, when he did show up, worked in the office. Mm. Hardest part was just getting people to show up and treat it like a job because Mm. they were all Friends from Open Gym or volunteers or this Uh, and that. Uh, Here I am six years later, I have a staff of 55. I just opened a brand new gym that's three times the size of my current gym. So I'm going to have a monumentally large staff. And then when I have this next gym open up in six weeks, I got to train. It's one and a half times the size of my current spot. So if I extrapolate out based upon square footage. um, Yeah, this is like 120 people. Oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, because the, the secondary gym that we just opened is three times the size. Right. So if I've got 50 at my 6,000 square foot spot, my yeah. 14,000 square foot spot, I'm going to be looking at 120 to 130 staff. There alone. So, yeah, I'm looking at getting to the point of a couple hundred people working underneath me, which God help them with me being in charge
0: of them. <laughs> um, well, but if there's that many, it'd be unlikely you would actually notice any one of them. They could just like run around like <laughs> minions. <laughs> where do you go to? <laughs> okay. Then I'll just focus on the general managers who focus on the
1: assistant managers who focus on the ground floor manager. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so my, my entire talk is taking the experience that I've gone from having myself and volunteers all the way up through now trying to be very, very on point with, um, the legality of everything. I have a full HR manager who works full time just in human resources. Who's on salary. Um, I now have three general managers, six assistant managers, like the whole thing is absolutely bonkers. And so I realized that with my background in engineering, what everything needs is what's called a standard operating procedure in SOP. And you got it. I'm sure you've heard that a lot <laughs> this week. Not, already, only, right?
0: not only that, but guess what we have underneath our podcast stacks Same. of SOPs. Because <laughs> there's little details. Like it matters what the average decibel is over five. And like, and you write oh, it yeah, down. absolutely. I'm so, uh, sorry. I didn't mean and to derive. No, no. You're like, I love you. SOPs.
1: I, I know you guys have like 27 of these. So if, if each one's slightly different, the yes, quality comes out different. Yes. And then it starts... You know, yep. the more people you have, the more it gets apart. Yep. Um, the, the easy example I use when I'm talking to my coaches, because we will do a staff meeting. We do morning staff meetings for everyone that works that day. Uh, and then we do a monthly staff meeting. We do a monthly office meeting and uh, bi-monthly. So uh, twice a month, managers meeting. So it, it gets all kinds of crazy. And one of the things that we use as a simple example is we're like, hey, guys. Um, and we heard uh, Caitlin this morning, you know, hey, we're not putting all of our stuff away. Um, I always explain to my people, if each of you leaves one item out like in our coaches' room, which is always a challenge because most of them are very young, go, if each of you leaves one item out each day, that's 50 items. That's 350 things out of place by the end of the week. Week. (laughs) So so this thing was basically taking the operating procedures that I've created for everything from finding the coach, how do you find your coaches? After you find them, how do you hire them? Because some people are just like, hey, do you want a job? Cool. But if you do things incorrectly, that person doesn't know what the expectations being set are. Right. Uh, and, and worse than that, because mine is actually broken into, into two parts on these five parts just to make things more complicated. I have the legal side, the the human resources side, and right. then I have the cultural side, which is how Firestorm um, culture runs yes. our things. Uh, so you have to find the people. After finding the people, you have to go through a hiring process. After you hire them, you now have to train them because you have to have a good coach who knows how to do everything, which is right. where those operating procedures come in We're handy. Maybe to fill in some uh, places. And then you spend all of this time hunting down a good person, getting them on board, training them. And over a year or two, they start becoming a really good coach, an integral part of your culture and your society and everything you're doing. And then somebody else can pay them $3 an hour more and they leave. And the monetary loss of having to find a new person, train them, you got to do all that again. And at the same time, you got to put yourself or somebody else in there to cover their classes. Now the quality of their classes drops, maybe lose some students. And the whole thing can just be for lack of a better term we're all adults here so it's a shit show. Right. Um and then sometimes you have a coach and I've personally made this mistake that you keep on too long that you shouldn't have. I um I hired a brilliant amazing athlete and an amazing coach who when he was on was on and he was one of our best coaches. But when he came in in a bad mood as a very depressed angry young man which was more often than not Everyone in the gym was affected right. the classes were affected the students were affected and because he was a student of mine when I used to coach gymnastics I used to coach team gymnastics and, and he was you know, he was a little kid and I used to play with him I loved him hired him on did a great job for the first few months. Oh, he went downhill mm. and uh, had to fire him Because I knew him because I cared about him because he was somebody I considered a friend I waited the better part of a year to fire him I kept trying to find reasons oh, to keep him ways to right. fix him my wife loves to make fun of me. She's like, you gave him book reports. I, I literally would get a, a book that was all about how to interact with people, how to improve yourself and your interactions and little things you can do. And every week we'd have a report. <laughs> you write him a book report and say, here's the book report for the book you should read. Oh, no, I, I gave him the book. And then every week he had to read a chapter and we'd get together and have a book report on it. <laughs> okay. That's and,
0: trying. That's yeah. really trying. Uh, and oh my God, the day that
1: I finally fired him, it was not only a huge relief for myself but an incredible relief for my staff i was
0: the- going to say like i know we're here we go off on a tangent but like <laughs> the the idea of culture um creating culture within a team is extremely difficult and when you when like i heard somewhere it's like three all every time you get the threes and eleven so three eleven thirty a hundred and ten three hundred there's there's like these big steps and like if three people yeah three people in a room it's no big deal but um how do you keep your both how do you keep your finger on the pulse of your culture And then when you see something, you're like, uh, the break room's getting dirty. How do you actually instill the change in the culture that you would like to see? So that
1: one's rough. Um, I'll start with what my dad always told me growing up. And I hated, I hated hearing it. And my dad loves it now because I always tell him, Hey, you were right. And he's like, I know I'm sorry. I've known, I've known for the last 30 years. Yeah, he's my like, dad would go. Know, I'm sorry. What'd
0: you say? I'm sorry. What'd you say? You're <laughs> hey, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. What'd you Daddy say? power. <laughs> um,
1: and that's lead by example. Right. So that's, that's number one. I cannot ask somebody on my staff to do something that I'm not willing to do. Um, and my staff, they make fun of me because there's kind of like this uh, schedule every three weeks mm. I go crazy and I go a little OCD and I come in and I will just reorganize and clean everything. Um, And then anything that's out of place that doesn't belong to the gym, I will take, and they will have to come to me to get back. So that's always entertaining. Um, With regards to the culture, so some of the things I've noticed which was really, really interesting was if I onboarded one or two new people at a time, very simple to keep the culture the same. There's very Mm -hmm. little change. Those people, if I've got 20 coaches and two new coaches come in, you know, it's 10% increase. Um, But those people would come in and they would immediately be immersed in the culture. Right uh, Now, I will sea, tangent deal. just a little bit there where my main source of finding new coaches is hiring people that have already gone through my program and were students of mine. Because when they're students of mine, it's very easy, they've already gone through the program, they understand the coaches, they know the staff, they've been around the culture for years, they've gone through our curriculum. Very simple onboarding process. The one downside with that one is In their mind they're still students so they're there to play and have fun and do stuff and have to be like nope we got to make a, a very distinct paradigm shift here in in your your mental kind of focus on what you're doing um but so we we get these new coaches and when there's a couple it's really easy especially if they're from our program
0: how do you do 150 for a new location because because like how do you all right go ahead because I'm like how do you how do you pre onboard them like in other words as the gym is being built there's not much for them to do so how do you bring them in because now you're talking it's not two new coaches 10% change it's like 300% change you just like quadrupled the size of that Uh, so so very very good question and that
1: actually became incredibly difficult for our second gym that just opened um because that one is an hour and 15 minutes from our current gym
0: Ooh.
1: yeah it's been a really fun build process
0: yeah because oh sorry i'm not like well, every time you start answering i'll get to give you a new tangent because like wait a <laughs> minute 90 <laughs> to story of my life 150 people who live in a different place like you can't hire 150 people who live here they got to live where their job's yeah, gonna be yeah yeah okay, well, so- well
1: right now there's only about uh for this brand new gym it's actually hilarious there is probably 10 of us in total uh coaches And we officially have 21 students. What's up? (laughs) Whereas my my little tiny gym has like over 700. It's really funny. So with this new one, what we did was I, I went and I, for the last year, because I knew it was coming, I started cultivating the leaders in my group. Who are the people that are my true believers? Who are the people that care so much about this? And are willing to make it their life and have already shown that not just the ones who are like oh yeah no no man make me a gm and uh, you know pay me that that nice yeah, fatty gm right, salary and i'll i'll be i'll be all over it and i'm like
0: no, no no i want the people who are showing me people who are all over it now that you've demonstrated that you're all over it here's how i would like yeah. to say thank you and your efforts are appreciated exactly so i was able to get um one, one of
1: my staff already lived out there one of my coaches who can do a lot of stuff so that was really good where's the new gym uh, the new gym is in a place called Moreno Valley. It's in Riverside County, California. I just wanted to drop the name in case people are nearby. Oh, Go. Uh, <laughs> it's Firestorm Free Running and Acrobatics-Galaxy. Uh, all of our gyms are, fire, are under the Firestorm Free Running and Acrobatics uh, moniker. And then each one is its own separate standalone LLC with its own um, code name because we're large children. So we've got Prime, Galaxy, and Ultra. And each one has their own theme. So Galaxy is very space, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Marvel out in space kind of stuff. Um, And then Ultra is based upon like um, Super Saiyans, Dragon Ball Z, My Hero Academia, which is a really, really big popular um, anime and stuff right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Prime is very like comic book based. Mm -hmm. So each one kind of has their own theme that we build everything around. But at the end of the day, the the main giant theme is, and our tagline is become a hero. And it is my personal life philosophy that every single person has within themselves the ability to be the hero of their own life's movie. Um, and it's, it's a big Joe Rogan thing, if you've ever heard his yes. whole talk on his podcast about it. But um, he, he said it just in a way. I mean, he took it from somebody else who took it from somebody else, but it was the best one I ever heard when he's like, if your life's a movie, you need to live your life like you're the main character of that movie. Um, and I believe that, in this case, the, the hero of that movie. And I believe that through physical training, um, as well as mental training, but really getting out there, getting yourself in a community, people you care about, stuff you're passionate about, playing with people and having fun allows you to very quickly improve yourself. Right. And that is what's going to allow you to become the hero of your life story. Community, passion, play, improvement. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the pillars and the cornerstones that I build my business off of. Mm-hmm. Um, going back earlier yeah, since I we- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I pulled
0: you up. 150 people I, you're trying to, all right, onboarding. So
1: yeah, so I, I was able to get four of my, my good, true believers to move out there. Um, so they've actually relocated an hour, hour and a half from where they originally lived, which is really amazing. Um, they're out there now. And then I am spending four days a week at this one new gym because I want to make sure the culture is set exactly how I want it. So I've gone from working on my business and building the gyms to four days a week, full time coaching, three days a week, working on the business and not in the business. Um, so I've got three new coaches we hired out there, we're training them, once we get them fully embedded in and I can see that they are pushing the culture forward, then we, uh, then we'll onboard a few, um, onboard a few, a few more. more. Now there was a really interesting time last summer. So last summer, I took my first ever vacation vacation. Every year I take one vacation, it's Burning Man. Um, that, that's where I go. I take off for like five days. My wife and I, we go out. We just go nuts and do all kinds of inappropriate things in the desert. Uh, then we come on back and we hang out with kids again. <laughs> you got to get it. off steam, right? Yeah. So, um, so we're both workaholics. So at one point I was like, okay, I really want to go travel to the gyms. I want to check other stuff out. So I went to Jump Fest and I, I drove there in a school bus. <laughs> like a literal, I bought, I bought myself a short school bus. And I put a mattress and stuff inside of it and uh, eight miles to the gallon. Oh my God, that was an expensive <laughs> trip. <laughs> And I drove from Southern California through five different states, uh, including Colorado, where I I hung out for like nine days and hit a bunch of different uh, Ninja Warrior and parkour gyms when I got back. And this is what's so cool about having this this whole onboarding process, these standard operating procedures that Mm -hmm. I I wrote up and have refined with my staff is I got back. I had six new members on my team. Mm -hmm. I had never met these. I walked in. I walked in on my first day back <laughs> and there this? were three people who's I had never seen in my wearing life shirts, right? wearing this? my company like, shirts as part dude? of my staff running classes. And I was like,
0: what is going on did here? Did they know who you were? Uh, only one of them did. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, that's it. That's why there's a picture up on the wall with my name on it because you don't know who I am. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's very but, interesting too because uh, all the ones. You, oh, sorry. Go no, for no. Me. I was just gonna like a million detours. I'm like, whoa! Did you Tiger team that? Like, because I would have been like the person who didn't recognize me. I'd have been the new guy walking in. Excuse me. How could I would just like I'd have just tested oh, immediately playing that game. Yeah, okay. The, the, just the, the, the
1: downside was though everybody else, all my students know who I oh, am. Oh all yeah. Right, sorry. So they, they immediately run over, like Oh jumped. Obi Wan. Yeah. Right. And one guy's <laughs> like, Oh, I've heard of you. It's actually great because quite a few of them. Um, I think out of those six, I think we still have four of them working for us right now. Um, and so they've been, some of them have been ut- utterly fantastic, but the big thing was I noticed when you bring in more than say 10% new staff, they bring, especially if they know each other, yep. they bring their own cultural mm-hmm. things. Um, and sometimes it's great. I, if you know who Dylan Titano is, he's one of the guys that's here every year. Um, he worked for me for the last two and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came on board and our agreement was that he would coach for me and I would mentor him because he wants to open his own gym. Okay. So we've been working for the last few years and now he actually got to the point where his, um, program that he runs out of a few different gymnastics gyms is big enough that he makes more money from that than I can afford to pay him. So he actually just recently left, but it, you know, it was really fun because I got to watch him come in from, I want to open a gym someday to, I now have a program that already has like 60 students in it without yeah. any, done, he, yeah. he doesn't own his own o- gym or anything. Over what?
0: Yet. No overhead. right? <laughs> yeah,
1: Exactly. So he's, he's very, very excited. Um, but like with him, it was really fun because he came in. He's a very playful, loud, obnoxious guy, much like myself. Um, and I mean that the best way possible. <laughs> so he came in and immediately you could see there were some culture shifts because he brought new games, new ideas. He was mm-hmm. a dominating personality. And since there was a few new coaches at the time. Yeah, um, they magnetically go to a yeah, new thing. Yeah, I, th- I think at that time when he actually came on, it was like we brought on like 20 or 25% brand new staff all at the same time because we were expanding really rapidly and we needed new coaches. Um, And so it ended up being really good, but there were definitely some cultural things like, since a lot of them are younger, cleaning up after themselves. Mm, Amen.
0: Once more, louder for the people in the back. (laughs) Cleaning up after yourself. (laughs) Whoa, you just (laughs) clipped (laughs) that. Nothing we
1: can do about that. (laughs) It's it's also very interesting because depending, I I hired a bunch of guys from Alabama. Um, a couple breakdancers that came down. They got really into parkour. They started training our facility. They all were fun and happy personalities. Um, and this is this is not meant in any kind of detrimental way. Um, but they were all guys that had been very, very accustomed to making pretty much no money their whole life. Um, all three of them at some point in time have been homeless. Um, it's amazing. I think like six people on my staff at some point in time have been like like homeless in their life. And then they kind of found our gym. And then they finally found like, oh, there's... know something awesome here and i actually want to kind of pick myself up and do something here which has been really cool i was gonna
0: say and also here's a business that which is um i'm gonna say functional in the sense that it works and that business is willing to pay me what my efforts are worth and all of a sudden oh look i don't have to be homeless anymore and like uh, sometimes i get not grumpy but like I, i wish that more people would stop running things just for fun because you're you're really like devaluing the effort that your coaches do if you can't pay them that's not their fault. That's your fault for not being able to run an it's, active business.
1: At the end of the day, you're the leader. It all calls back on you're you. You're responsible, right? And that's actually one of the driving things that uh, when people are like, well, what keeps you up awake at night? and like, really nothing. I sleep really well. Um, <laughs> but if one were to, using that analogy, it would definitely be the fact that I am now responsible. I, I yes. have 55 people that work for me, yes. which blows my mind, uh, and quite a few of them. Quite a few of them have families. Yes. They're married. They have kids. If I screw up, if yeah. I don't take care of my responsibilities with them, those people, th- their lives will be ruined. Yes. I won't just screw up my own thing. I'm going to screw up this thing for a lot of people who have become friends and family. Like we do monthly parties at my gym. Um, and by that, I don't mean like your birthday parties, although technically for legal reasons, it is not a firestorm party. I just happen to allow people to come over and most of them happen to work for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did. There. My, I, I can hear my HR manager in the background <laughs> yelling, you can't call that firestorm party! Yeah, they're not firestorm parties. There's just firestorm people there. Um, but yeah, like we get together, we have fun, we play games. So this is actually in the retention section um, of my talk, which is after you've trained somebody, you have them on board, you want to keep them long term. It can't just be a job. At least it, it can be if you're paying enough money. My general managers, they start at 40K a year. So, not an insane amount of money, but since most of them are in their early to mid 20s. Yeah, a fair um, wage, right. That is, that is more than enough for them to live a comfortable lifestyle, assuming that they know some basic accounting and finances, right. which is also a thing I make all of them do before they can become a general manager. I sit down and go over all of their monthly finances and what their expenses and wages and everything are. So, I can make sure that they can live their life without having to worry and work about for money. Them. Um, but one of the things you have to do, I think, is create a culture where it's not just a job, it's more than that um, and it's well overused but the term would be family mm-hmm. um, we call ourselves the firestorm family and we go out and we you know have these non-training group activity times together so uh, last month all of the managers we went to I always forget what they're called. They're like, you go into the room and it's the mystery, uh, escape rooms. Escape rooms.
0: So oh escape God, rooms. get out of my head. We're do, so we do the same thing with the people who work on the podcast. We do, nice. there's enough of them that we can celebrate their one year anniversaries as the excuse. And we're actually going to an escape room that none of us have ever been to somewhere, you know, like hey. uh, 45 minutes from us. Um, I just want to be mindful of the time. Yes. Um, I, because we haven't we, even talked. <laughs> we could do this all day. But what I want to have say is, um, either of the things that we've covered so far, because we've covered a, f- a few, not all, but we've covered a few of the items that you were talking about in your presentation. Um, either of the things we've done so far, or maybe even better, something we haven't touched. um is there something that you can throw out at the listener because they've I've, if you haven't got a couple of good ideas from listening to that, I, I maybe you should rewind. But <laughs> if there's something that you think, okay, you should go think about this, or you should go like look into this. Is there something that we can throw out there to make people take an actual action or sure. challenge them to think something new? Sure.
1: what I would do is I would look at something and let's take something as simple as hiring. okay. Um seems like such a small, simple thing. Um, I have a sheet of paper that every single one of my managers, when they're going to hire somebody, when they're going through the hiring process, we found a person we've interviewed them or not, sorry, we haven't interviewed them yet, but like we've decided we're going to bring them in and we're interested in possibly making them a coach. They have a sheet of paper. It has something like 20 different steps in order from number one to number 20 that they have to follow every single one of in order from first to 20th. And walk through very and each of those numbers practically has their own paper mm. that they have to go through and do with this person in that order, and they have to follow it directly. So, as an example, um, it's part of my cultural point, and I'm just going to do a quick plug. If you go to parkourprofessor.com, sign up for the free membership. You can download this
0: entire PDF and a video hoping, of the talk. I was hoping we'd get to this because one of the things is like, okay, I mean, you know, we only have so much time here today, and there's a wealth of information and. I mentioned the Parker professor in the introduction. I'm like, that's very important that you look that <laughs> up because it's free and it's a community where you can get, uh, probably not all, but a lot of the things that you're talking about. So uh, the onboarding, the 20 steps, let's get through that. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, so with that, like before it used to be like, oh, let's bring a person in.
1: Let's talk to them. Let's have yeah. a conversation. We like them. Okay, cool. We're going to get you on. But as it grew and I couldn't be the person doing it, I had to have an operational procedure other people would follow. And now that we're so much bigger, we are much more open to liability. And if we do something wrong, are we going to piss off the wrong government agency? We're much more likely to be audited or sued or somebody to claim uh, claim discrimination or something like that. So with ours, when somebody comes on, the first thing we do is, you know, we create like a personnel file for them. And then for our interview, we have a list of nine questions we can ask them. And the person has to stay on the script. We have to ask only those nine questions because if you ask certain questions like, for example, um, for those who are out there who are not familiar, um, I can see on your face you're just like, "Oh yeah, I know it's going." Um, I can't <laughs> please go there." <laughs> I, now, if, if my thing is specifically the job I'm offering you is on Saturdays, I can say, "Are you available Saturday?" I can't say, "What do you usually do on Saturdays?" Because then you might mention that you have a child and therefore I have inadvertently asked you personal questions about things like that or about your religion because are you, you know, what do you do on the weekends? Yeah. Well, what I go to church. What do oh. you do on
0: Sunday? Oh, I'm not available on Sunday because I go to church. Oh, uh, and if I don't
1: hire them, that person can sue me and they, they have a legit case, case to sue me for, um, discrimination for discrimination based
0: on religious affiliation. Yeah.
1: So you got to be real careful. So we follow these nine steps after that. It's the the w-2 you know we take all their information yeah most people aren't familiar with i-9 forms which are your yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like, nodding but yes keep going yes mo- <laughs> most people are not to, to prove that you are allowed to yes. go in the um you know work in the united states which is always fun because then people are like god damn you trump and i'm like this has been around since 1984 <laughs> yeah, like this like, is it's not like, a new form this is, this is yeah but every, every other gym I've worked for, I never filled one out. Not once in my life. I've never <laughs> filled one out. It's called and, cash under the table, right? <laughs> no, no real jobs. I have a W-2. I have everything I've never seen before I started my business and I started looking what? in. What? They just I asked w- you for if your if you're SSN on a form somewhere and yeah. you just gave them yeah, the Yeah, that was it. Just a the W-2. <laughs> and the I, I-, I, worked I worked for a gym that did $6 million a year as a wow. gymnastics facility. Wow. And so looking back, I'm just like, I could have done stuff other people could have if the right person knew. Put the right amount of information, they get screwed. So it basically follows them down these steps. Then we have an employee wage notice, which puts all the information for that person in one place. When do you get paid? What day of the week? How often? What are your wages? What are your job expectations? Mm -hmm. How much uh, percentage-wise broken down um, are the different parts of your job? So we tell them you've got, generally if you're a coach, you're doing about 80% coaching, 10% office work, and 10% cleaning and we break down a, an idea on there of what that entails and what they can be expecting. Um, and then we also give them our company handbook. And we have two of those. We have a company handbook, which is specifically all the legal stuff. It's like 55 pages of just legal bullshit that nobody will ever read. But by giving it to them and then signing a form and giving it back, it protects me saying that I have these policies in place. You yes. have agreed to these policies. The
0: policies are uniformly applied to
1: everyone. Yes, yes. Uh, and then after that, I have another one which is um, called my uh, coaches' training, uh, new coaches' training guide. Um, I have one for coaches, one for staff, one for.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for definitely. tasks so more task specific information Yeah, and
1: it goes over the culture of our gym how we do everything how do you fill out your time card how do you uh, get a sub what are the requirements yeah what do you
0: need a day off for medical reasons or something they all spelled
1: out yes exactly you know what is your leave if you get pregnant all that kind of fun stuff um all the stuff that until you know we really started jumping into getting very serious about being legally compliant about everything um if i look back on some of the things we did yeah. this is gonna sound really bad but i'm gonna put it out there because it's freaking hilarious Um, So my new HR manager put an absolute stop to it about a year, year and a half ago. Um, We do during our monthly meetings, we pick a person who is super awesome. We go, you, you're super awesome. Congratulations. No. Um, So we, and we we still do everything but the last part, which you'll understand in a second. Uh, We publicly recognize somebody who's done something great in front of their entire team and their peer group. We explain what they did that was awesome. We call them our coach of the month and they get a $50 bonus. What we used to do was take them back into the team room, put on a bunch of raunchy music. They would dance and we would shower them with ones. And that's how they'd get their $50
0: bonus.
1: (laughs) Whoops. That immediately came to the stop when one month we realized that the person who was really awesome that we wanted to give the money to was the 17-year-old girl that worked in our silks program. (laughs) And She came up and I was like, here's your $50. And she's like. But I wanna dance. And I was like, like, get out get of here out. right now. Out. No,
0: no, no, no. So we
1: don't yeah, so we don't we don't do that one anymore. So it's um it's that line of how do you still keep the culture and the yes. fun that everybody enjoyed from that at the end of the meeting, it was everybody's favorite part. You know, some people were like, I'm not interested in this and it was cool, we didn't you know, there's no forcing. But there's still people that a year and a half later they're like, We hired a new guy and he's like, He recently got his coach of the month. He's you like his... No, that exactly he was like, dude, I was told that I could dance. So I walked in the staff room. I said, "Here's your fifty dollars. I'm leaving the staff room.
0: You can dance. Yep.
1: All the managers are leaving. Whatever you guys decide that you all agree,
0: right, uniformly, <laughs> you want to do, consensual go nuts. dancing only.
1: And then I went in the back and I watched them do it on the uh, the CCTV. Oh, on the CCTV. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's bad. That's um, bad. So that's your uh, HR I, manager. I, is I tangented having... there because I, yeah. I love tangenting so much. It's so easy. No,
0: it's good. Part um, of the uh, part of the point of capturing these interviews is to capture some of the information from the session and also to capture some of the person who presented the session. So people who know you will know you, but people who don't know you, they don't know you. So this is a chance be to be terrified. Uh, well, I don't know if I'd say terrified, but um, so um, since we're running out of time, yeah. Justin, um, people who want to learn more, um, where can they get a hold of you? So the parkour
1: professor is, is a thing that I, I did start last year, really, because I, I realized more and more as I went out there, there's obviously a lot of people that have, and I, I won't pretend like for any area that I, um, know everything. That's definitely not truth. especially when I've talked to people like Adam from Parkour Generations America. It's like, There's just certain people that have a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> like,
0: wait, what? Hold them, while i get my but pencil, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I,
1: I love teaching and I love learning. And so I created this to help find other gyms that are trying to get off the ground and mentor them or partner with them. So I did that last year. I actually own 47% of Movement United Gym in Michigan. Um, I helped fund them when they lost their current spot. I funded them, gave them way, probably 100 standarding operating procedures, which yeah. took them about three months to finally get online. Um, but since then, it, we also funded them to move into a new gym, build out their gym, and do all that stuff. Um, so our joke is that we have three and a half gyms. <laughs>
0: um, three and 0.47 gyms.
1: <laughs> but that's, that's my, my big thing. The other one um, that I think is really important, and I'll try to touch on quickly since I have to go give my actual full length deep dive in a minute, is the West Coast Parkour Championships. Now that is, of course, on the West Coast. But one of the biggest problems I saw with parkour gyms was you'd be in and every football season, every baseball season, every soccer season, you lose all these kids because the parents are like, they have to be on a team. They have to learn how to cooperate. They have to go and they need to compete and they need to learn how to lose, you know, in sportsmanship.
0: <laughs> right. So right.
1: So we started having our own in-house competitions and it was really interesting because occasionally people from other local gyms like Apex in San Diego. Someone would want um, can, um, can Tempest, I jump in? Tempest yeah. never joins us for anything. They, They, they won't even answer my emails great. It's okay. My gym is uh, a quarter the size of all their square footage gyms, and I have more students than all three of their gyms combined. So I, I feel a little okay with it. Awkward. Um, <laughs> gotta get that one little dig in. No, they're, they're awesome. They have a lot of cool coaches. We train with a lot of them. A lot of their coaches come down and train with us. They're really cool. Um, but what we realized was we would lose these people. So we did our own in-house competition. It was very interesting, but not a lot of people from outside our community <clears> would show up. As soon as we started... Uh, our first year we had three gyms last year. We had six gyms this year We're already set up for seven without even promoting it at all And I expect us to have more like in the 10 to 12 mm-hmm. range But as soon as we made it a thing where you join a team for your gym and you go to as many of these comps as you want And you earn points depending on how you place, but it's not just you personally you earn points for your team and
0: Turn Turned into a team sport so it right a
1: team sport and then kids would travel we had kids from our group go all the way up to Canada with us And the Canadians, I mean, I'm down in Southern California, they're, you know, uh, the northmost part of the West Coast, and they hosted a competition because they heard about it. Uh, And then at the end, we have a giant championship. And unlike, and uh, and no negativity here at all, there's NAPC, which is amazing. I think of them as the Olympics of parkour. I want to be the ragtag super fun where people come together, screw around, have a great time. There just happens to also be a parkour competition. That's an excuse for everyone to get together. (laughs) And there's the point system. So if you really, you know, care and you want to push yourself, you totally can. There are some hardcore competitors. If you just want to show up and try some challenges and run a speed course and maybe do a freestyle and then goof off, um, you totally can. So for last year's, our big end of the year competition, it was super fantastic because everybody came down. We turned it into a four-day event. We spent an entire day where it wasn't even part of the competition. We were just like, I brought out my little short bus. We threw a bunch of people in there. We did a bunch of carpooling. We went down and trained in local spots. We went down to the beach and we went cliff diving. Mm. Um, you know, it became a huge community thing. We made all these friends, just like when you come here, you're here to learn, but you're like, oh, I'm fighting it's people with foam con- swords. also the
0: connections, right.
1: So, uh, so we did that. And so um, if I was going to promote anything right now, actually the biggest one would be, we're always looking for more people that want to join this interactive community where it's really cool because I met so many other gym owners and I learned things from them and I got to teach them right. things that I never would have if we hadn't created this. Interconnected network already of six now seven gyms and possibly even more that are sharing information sending students now The students go and visit plus every time when you know suddenly a hundred kids run into your gym paying 60 bucks a pop For a right, competition right. you just had a very nice profitable very good day, day right. which helps your bottom line. So it's it's you know a little bit of everything there But that's that's a big one for me. That's my current passion project But that's probably because I was a competitive athlete all the way through college and then after college I was like The fuck am I supposed to compete in now? <laughs> So, I made my own competition series so I could compete with people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the spirit. So cool. It's a parkour Professor, uh, yeah. uh, West Coast West Parkour, parkour, parkour Championships.com. Championships.
1: Uh, if you go to Firestorm Freerunning, that's our drop in page that um, has a link to a uh, clickable link to all three of our gyms. Terrific. Right cool. And if you are on the East Coast ish, you can go check out uh, movementunitedgym.com. And that's Jeremiah Bishop, who's my partner over there who is super awesome and is the handstand obstacle course champion of the world. I don't know if that's actually
0: true, but he's just really, really good at them. Anybody who does a handstand and an obstacle course is championship.
1: That's yeah. Champion of the world. D- double Kong <clears throat> on two rails, eight feet apart. Second one, the double Kong stops in a handstand and then starts doing handstand pushups on the rail.
0: <laughs> Not human Yeah, no, freak DNA, of nature. DNA DNA <laughs> Terrific, Justin. Uh, it was an energetic ride and a pleasure hey. to talk to you. Um, I had coffee, can you tell? Uh, oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, note to self, no more coffee for Justin. Terrific. All right. <laughs> Thank I will you so much for your time, man. It was a lot My fun. pleasure. Cool. Bye-bye. High five. Woo! This was one of 23 interviews from the 2019 North American Art of Retreat. To hear the rest, check out Art of Retreat on castbox.fm. You can find out more about The Art of Retreat at artofretreat.com. Thank you for listening.